And Merry Christmas! It is a very festive episode of This Week in Marvel, episode number 213. This is the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases. Ben looking mystified, confused, and upset. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Marvel.com senior editor Ben Morse, who's very concerned because apparently I missed Hanukkah entirely. (laughs) Oh no. Sorry! I need to rush back and get people stuff. Uh, Intern Tucker... Hello, sirs. Just checking to make sure you're there. Yep. Makes me I'm feel here. comfortable and safe. Yeah. Very good. Uh, just jokes. It's Thanksgiving week. Yeah, it is, right? For us here in the United States. Yes. Happy Boxing Day to the rest of you. Hello. Right? I learned... Did you know what the origin of Boxing Day is? Uh, you know what Boxing Day actually is? Kangaroos who are given gloves and uh, told to have fun. It's, and then that's Boxing Day. It's something to do with, uh, in England... No it's, kangaroos. It's the day where they all basically used to go out and uh, air their their differences. So they'd be like... They, hey, like, ben, they would have fisticuffs. I don't like your boxing. sweater. Let's fight. I can't remember if I heard this on a podcast or if I heard it on a TV show, but it was sometime in the last like week or two. Sounds yes. about as made up as something I would say. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. It's definitely... I, I'll credit... Either a TV show I watched or Cheap Heat or How Did This Get Made <laughs> is one of the three sources that I got that from. Oh, that's fair. And judging by the TV shows I watch, I would say it's most likely I got it from one of the other ones. What are you watching? Well, I don't think, like, How to Get Away with Murder is giving, like, a detailed explanation <laughs> of Boxing Day. You don't know that. Day. If you're not watching, how can you well, say? Well, no, I am oh, watching. Oh, you are watching. And what I'm, saying, you say. and what I'm saying is I, I don't think that's where I got mm. it from. Right, right. Or uh, MTV's Are You the One. What is that? Oh, my God. Are You the One is a reality TV show. It's like they took every reality TV show that's really trashy and just sort of like, how can we add another layer of trash to this? To the point where I'm like, I got to watch that. <laughs> they take 10 women, 10 men, put them on an island together. You know, typical reality show fair. Sure. But the idea is that um, these people are all terrible at dating and they can't find matches. So they've had basically experts in like relationships and all this other stuff systematically match all of them. So there are 10 perfect matches on this show. (laughs) And they have 10 episodes to find the right alignment of matches. But because it's just a bunch of, you know, 20-somethings on an island with lots of alcohol, they all just end up, like, within one week, someone will be like, oh, my God, this guy is my perfect match. I don't care what the... I don't care what the the fact that we didn't get any matches this week. I know he's right for me. And then just hilariousness ensues. Wow. It's terrible. It sounds awful. It's awful. I would not I, spend my time on it, but I, I'm glad you are getting I love it. it's enjoyment over. out of it. I, it's over, and I'm really upset that they actually uh, they won this. They, they win every season, so the fix is definitely in. Oh, wait. So you can all ten have to be? All ten have to be right, or you don't, or nobody wins any money. Hmm. Wow. But 
Can't they just BS? Oh, there's like an algorithm. That oh, yeah. Says, there's an gotcha. algorithm. Like they can't be like, oh, I've decided this is my perfect match. Like they right. have a preset thing. Right. Yeah. That's the most you guys are going to hear about Are You The One? Probably on any podcast you listen to this week. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's For hope. all of our sakes. <laughs> For everyone's sakes. Yeah. Uh, so normally we don't just talk about MTV reality shows. We're going to talk about. Not normally. Yeah. We're going to talk about all the new comics out this week. Print, digital, single issues, collections. We're going to talk about news. There's plenty of news. And um, What are you taking notes on, Tucker? Yeah, what are you doing over there? What was that? Uh, I'm writing down, I'm preparing the notes for uh, when new comics this week. This is boring. Never mind. Let's let's go back to this. And then we're going to get to our This Week in Marvel Marvel Unlimited Reading Club selection of... It's a mouthful. Tag and Bank. Tag and Bank. So much Star Wars this week. Yeah. Just drowning in Star Wars, but I'm thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> Good I'm, old Tucker likes <laughs> likes the Star Wars. I'm, I'm really I'm really as a Star Wars novice, I'm enjoying this immersion that we've had in the last year, year and a half. As a Star Wars fiend, I'm really enjoying all this. Yeah. But we've got a bunch of other stuff to get to before we get to Star Wars, and that all starts with all new Wolverine. I it's like a that. spooktacular. That's appropriate. With not Dracula mm-hmm. in it. Dracula's in a book this week, he though. He is. But not, but not, not All New one. Wolverine. All New Wolverine, number two, uh, written by Tom Taylor, art by David Lopez and David Navarro, uh, colors by Nathan Fairbain. And uh, this starts with Laura, who is the new Wolverine, the all-new Wolverine, mm. if you will. She's in handcuffs. She's uh, in Alchemex Genetics, uh, which is cool to see Alchemex yep. you know, going into other books. A major player. Uh, but she's been captured by this uh, by Alchemex's security force. I don't think force. she even has been captured. I think she, she let herself. I think she voluntarily sure. went in because she needed to do a deal. Yeah, and she wants to she wants to figure out what's going on because yep. she saw some people uh, and she saw the death of someone who had her face. What? And she's like, what? Hate it when what? that happens all the time. Yep. Yep. Have you seen those stories? There were two stories recently of someone like taking a picture, sitting next to meeting someone who is their pretty much identical twin, and they are from different like world, like countries. Like, completely. are they actual identical twins? No, but it's like there's a, there's this one of I think oh, it was a yeah. Scottish guy and an Irish guy or twin, mm. whatever it is. They were on uh, a Ryanair flight, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sitting next to each other. They what? looked exactly That's the crazy thing alike. to me. It's it's one thing if they look exactly alike, but yeah. that fate put them together like that is crazy. You know, that's just going to happen. And that's apparently what's happening in this book. Yeah, so in this sort book, of. Uh, we, you know, we meet um, this definitely ominous-looking science guy. Oh, yeah, he definitely does not look like he can be trusted. No. I was, uh, I'm sure in the script it says science guy who cannot be trusted. Yeah, must look slightly like Dr. Cornelius. He looks almost exactly like the, Dr. The glasses, Cornelius. not as round as Cornelius. Oh, I'll say right. that. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a big observationist, <laughs> as we like to say. The world's uh, foremost Dr. Cornelius <laughs> scholar, Ryan Panagos. Uh, but what we find out is that there are clones of the clones. So, mm. Laura, if you don't know, our new Wolverine is a clone of Wolverine. And there's a part in here where she said, I believe she means her dad. She says, my dad left I think she means, me. and means Wolverine. Wolverine, which that, like, that got me. I was like, oh, man. It's a, it's a heart tugger. That was, woof. Uh, but she finds out that there are clones of her, right. but they do not have her uh, claws. Well, they're they, like third-generation DVDs. Right. Well, that shouldn't really matter. They're like third-generation VHS tapes. 
The DVDs you are DVDs just are just the same. The digital copy is generally going to be fine, right, so as far th- as I know. It's a third generation like tape of Survivor Series '88 or something. It's a beta <laughs> of a VA. It's a beta copy of a VHS right. of Survivor Series '88. Uh, so she finds out that this is going on. She ain't pleased. No, but she also wants to get to the bottom. And who would be? No, Tucker. nobody. Um, nope. We we get to see her uh, going around. She's got an apartment in the Bronx, which is great. Yeah, uh, super cool. And she goes around. Is that she's, affordable? You know, depends, on, than I depends do. on where you're looking. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Uh, but I think she's going to be fine. Her boyfriend is uh, Angel, right? Who super rich? Is, is he rich? Uh, that's though? a question. Yeah, he's from the. Can, pa- can oh. he share the money of his he's present also, day counterpart? He's got uh, black vortex special powers, right. so. Maybe that, like, comes with a bag of money. Yeah, he could play the stock market. Yeah. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they, they go to her house. No, that's the opposite. He could not play the stock market. <laughs> he is from the past. He's, no. That would go poorly. Literally, he could play the stock market, it's but he wouldn't be able idea. to game it. He wouldn't understand what it was. No. Because he'd be uh, all old-timey looking for tickers and whatnot. Yeah. So we get to see Inside Laura's apartment, which... Just looks like a normal apartment, but in her apartment is one of the clones, mm. and then it, like the story really unravels from there, right? Uh, or unwind, it unpacks from there. Sure, not unravels because it's unravels has a negative connotation. Yes, exactly, and this is not negative at all. I'm really loving this book. Uh, we get some pizza action, which always makes me happy. Um, we get to see this clone sort of explaining to Laura, "Hey, here's what's going on. Here's here's a little bit. Oh, I'm out, but." Laura being a tracker, she finds out this this hidden place where her clones are. Meets all... There's four clones now, uh, or three clones. There were four. Yep. One of them is dead. That sort of set us off. Uh, but unfortunately, some crazy stuff goes down. By the end of this issue, it is possibly horrifying. Yeah. And possibly we ha- horrifying. And we have a unexpected guest drop in. Yes. An unexpected but always welcome guest. Always welcome. Yeah. I am loving this book. I mean... Dude. As I've always Beautiful said. Beautiful, too. Yeah. You David Lopez is mm, maybe my favorite artist. He's up there. He's so good. Yeah. Angela, Queen of Hell number two, also had her second issue. Uh, when we last left our hero, Angela, she had finally discovered Sarah in the depths of Hell 1L, and Sarah attacked her. So you thought, oh, my God, we're going to get a big Angela Sarah throw down here. You do, at least for a little bit. Um, but mostly... It's actually a really sweet issue. It's, it's, it sometimes feels like Sarah is the star of this book. Oh yeah, in a good way. Yeah, Angela is nominally the star. She her name's on the title, all that. But I like that Sarah is the narrator. Sarah gets all the best lines. Sarah gets to say stuff like "Let's write a new love song." Let's write a fight song. Gets to come off all awesome. She plays lightning guitar. Plays lightning guitar. Plays lightning flute. Yeah, has lightning wings. All this cool stuff. So Sarah expositions out what's been going on with her, why she's stuck in hell, what she needs Angela to do in order for her to get out. Um, It's not very easy. And I love the whole dynamic of the angel stuff where they have to make a deal in order to do something where Angela, even though, you know, Sarah is the love of her life and she would do anything for her, she can't save her without somehow making some sort of bargain and Sarah in some ways the same way um, so they end up fighting the hordes of hell they're trying to figure out how to overthrow Hela and in order to do that Angela must face her greatest fear I'm not going to say what that is but I will say it's rendered in a beautiful 
secondary story, middle story, whatever you'd call it. As is tradition in this book, the main story is uh, art by Kim Jacinto with colors by Israel Selva. But then Stephanie Hans does the sub story. That's what we're calling it. And they're all written by Marguerite Bennett. Um, and then Angela gets another new look, which I think may be my favorite of her looks so far. It's awesome. Uh, it's a pretty cool costume. It looks very functional. Um, it looks it's it's a nice mix of her Asgard heritage with a little bit of angel stuff still mixed in. And then we got one unexpected guest at the end of All New Wolverine. We get another unexpected and again welcome guest at the end of Angela. Way more unexpected, and probably I am- way more welcome. What's that? Not to discount discount right, 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 right. one who yeah. showed up here, but very, very welcome. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yes, I damn near lost it when I flipped to that last page. So good. Uh, all right, up next we got Carnage number two, written by Jerry Conway and art by Mike Perkins with oh. colors by Andy Troy. I'm gonna say this right now: Mike Perkins and Andy Troy are doing perfect horror work yeah. right now. It's this, so scary. The art is just. Incredible. It's- the thing is, when Carnage first debuted, I, w- I always, to be honest, like Venom I got, he's the black costume, it's whatever. Carnage to me was always just like, eh, it's just a weird looking version of Spider Man. Like, hey, look yeah. at me, I'm going to stab you in the eyes. Yeah. This has, completely, <laughs> this has completely changed my take on Carnage. Just, just the way they visually depict him. Yeah. Like, he is a monster. And just the fact that he has, you know, the remnants, the only real thing he has is those, like, kind of Spider Man eye accessories. Yeah, he's nothing like Spider-Man to me anymore. He's, and it's com- so removed. It's really effective because you pretty much never see a full shot of Carnage. You're always seeing parts of him. You're seeing him from angles. You're seeing him like coming out of the darkness, out of the walls, like tendrils everywhere. His mouth is all di- like you've never see Carnage right front and center, no. which is what you saw. Back in the day, in those those older right. comics, it's right there on the it was cover. like, "Hey, boom!" There is never a shot where it's like, "Hello, my name is Carnage. I'm no. going to kill you." It's like slithering out of the dark. It's like a horror movie. It's terrific. Where you only see like you know the glimmer of the killer's knife or a little bit of his face, yeah. or even you know something like Alien, yeah, where you just see them in the shadows. It's yes. very much like that. Um, and so, Carnage is trying to kill someone he didn't end up killing yeah. years and years ago. What a bummer for him. Right? Like, he's doing so well. Yeah. He's been, like, he's killing batting, like, killing. He's batting, like, 900. Yeah. And that one, well, he's probably better than 900 because yeah, way better that would have been, like, 10 kills. So, yeah. Or 9 kills. I don't know. It's been killing for a long time. Yeah. There must be others that got away. Maybe. I guess we'll find out yeah. in this book. Exactly. Uh, so he's trying to find this one woman he didn't end up killing, uh, and that woman, along with, a, like, the special force crew, is trying to trap carnage stop him from living that is usually the way they they want to go about yeah, it that's what you do <laughs> yeah uh they've got eddie brock on their team and they keep hinting like eddie brock former venom yeah former anti-venom now with toxin toxin uh he's like let me in let me in let me in and they're like yeah. no which is great because like we're getting this anticipation, the anticipation. of what because toxin was all weird like Toxin was cr- like also creepy and kind of weird and crazy, so it'll be cool to see that. But then, boom! Right at the end, a not fully unexpected uh, oh, appearance. So great, but so great. These last page reveals are just three for three so far. Hammering at home. Yeah. Uh, it was, I was so excited. Let's see what you've got for us, Chewbacca number four. Ah! That was Chewbacca. Wow. You want to do it, Tucker? Should we take turns? 
Well, yeah, I just asked you to. Do it. All right. Do it. What um, you got? Wow, you know, I, I, I haven't done this nearly as much as I should. Oh this is God. just raw, coming out of nowhere. Here we go. It's not coming out of nowhere because you just gave like a 30-second exposition <laughs> on how right. you're going to do it. Oh man! Oh, that man. sounded like so strangled. That sounded like someone strangling Tarzan while yeah. he's swinging on oh, a vine. Oh, good call! Yeah, very spot on. Um, well, I'm gonna leave now. Yeah. So Chewbacca number four, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Phil Noto. We've got the Empire closing in on the planet where Chewbacca and his new friend Zaro are. It's okay. Zaro's got a plan. That plan involves loading a droid up with explosives and then dressing up. So. I love this book, but I was yeah. like, yo, that's cold. Because that droid is still that's functional. That's what I thought. That droid that's is just like, thought. okay, put the bombs in me. <laughs> Let's just do this. I'm done for. Now, like, okay. Now, I'm. you guys are obviously more familiar with Star Wars than I am. Does this type of droid, which struck me as a R2-D2 adjacent type an droid. An astromech? An astromech, if you will. Do they have, like, free will? Do they just do whatever you tell them? Or, I mean... They could have a uh, like a restraining bolt on them mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. sort of tells them what to do, but for the most part, they're sort of they have it's 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 never fully described. Mm. There's like a bit of free will, but at yeah. the same time, well, they have you're, yeah. You're referencing stri- the the restraining bolt is good. That's yeah. like the best illustration of that idea because when Luke takes it off of R two in Star Wars, he's like R two runs away. Yeah, like yeah. see you, jerk. Yeah, like, but it's usually because they have certain functions that they are programmed to fulfill. And within those programs and those functions and those, like, parameters, mm-hmm. they sort of do what they yeah. do. Well, I, there were definitely some some ethical issues to be raised here, but I was distracted by the fact that Chewbacca gets to dress up in this armor with, like, giant Gatling guns on either side and blast up a bunch of stormtroopers en route to trying to get the crime lords who have been menacing this planet the whole time, one of whom is a dude whose head is in a bubble, another of whom is a blue werewolf. Uh, and what is Chewbacca's weapon called? Um, is it... Uh, it's a something bolt. No, I was going to call it a tricaster, but that's the thing we use for. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing we use for convention. Uh, crossbow. This it's, thing? it's not. A, it's not. It's like a crossbow, but it has a specific name. I can't yeah. remember. It's like my head. favorite weapon in Star Wars. It's great. Like I, I, I'm a, I'm a bow and arrow guy, so I love this, and I say that meaning I taught archery at summer camp, like. 15 years ago um, is what I'm a bow and arrow guy means <laughs> but I don't know I just think it's cool as cool as all get out um, cool as ice one would say I thought this was the last issue and it, yeah cool as ice um, cool runnings um, <laughs> cool world I thought this was the last issue because it seemed like they they kind of they finished everything up but um, just as they're celebrating and everything's all good uh <laughs> The rest of the Empire shows up and things are not so all good. No. So we got another issue left. And I'm pretty excited about that because this is a fun book. I really, The same way I love Sarah and Angela, I love um, Zaro in Chewbacca. I mean, we all wondered how are they going to do a Chewbacca book given that Chewbacca doesn't really say much aside from, you know, that thing Tucker did <laughs> earlier. Uh, but they did a very good job with it. Uh, I like to think that the last dialogue bit for Chewbacca where he's sitting down right there on the last page mm-hmm. is him saying what a revolting development oh that'd be so great yeah 
That's that's the way I. That interpret is a it. mashup I would like to see. Yes. All right. Uh, on to Darth Vader number thirteen. This is part two of Vader Down. <sighs> Love Vader Down. Oh my gosh! This is written by Kieran Gillen, art by Salvador Larocca, colors by Edgar Delgado, uh, and the story by Jason and Kieran, Jason Aaron and Kieran together. Yeah. As this is the big crossover. Jason, event. as we know him. Yeah. You know, Jay. Yeah. I've never heard anyone call him J. J-A. Yeah. Ja. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so we've got Vader, who is uh, on the planet Vrogus Voss, and he is surrounded, literally, and f- I guess figuratively, but literally surrounded by rebel troops, all guns trained on him. They're telling him, surrender. He's like, he's like, look, lower your weapons, you won't be harmed. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, What? We've got, look at all these guns. Look at all these uh, grenades that we have. You Surely, crazy Sith Lord. You're, you're, just, you're just one man thing. Yeah. And, uh, man. yeah. and then he's like... One normal size man thing. <laughs> and he's like, okay then. And he force, uh, he, he uses the force to detonate all the, uh, were they ion Grenade like those. What what does uh, Leia have in Return of the Jedi? A thermal detonator. Thank you. All the thermal detonators <laughs> that the entire Rebel troops have, and just starts massacring everyone. Now he deflects uh, a tank's blast and destroys the tank. Now, in a nice bit of callback, were were these similar to the devices that Kanan was trying to hold together with the Force last week? Not quite. That, that was that was Kanan's uh, master. Right. Um, well, Kanan did it too. Kind of, well, he wasn't to. trying to hold them together. He was just like keeping them in place. Yeah. But they were different. I guess kind of similar, but yeah. not the same. Um, I like how you're like, I'm, I'm trying, Star Wars. I'm trying to connect <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, but this is all going on, and now uh, Han is like, yo, we need to find Luke and help him. This is crazy. And Leia's like, That was my favorite part of the book, actually. Yeah. Leia's like, He's cool. Whatever, I can't risk it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I feel terrible. Neither of them are wrong. No. And Han's like, is exactly what he says. Uh, That sounds more like Chewy. Yes. After a bad (laughs) night. Uh, When we we then shift over to Doctor Afra, who is the you know Doctor Afra and the two murderous droids that are the the. These amazing characters that are part of... Honestly, what they do is the moment I've been waiting for. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. But they also... Uh, there's a great phone call where they're going to... I hope we bring back are the sure evil Chewbacca. Are call? You know, a, a holo call. All right. Whatever, whatever <laughs> they, text messaging. They use, they use dial-up. Yeah. Up in, up in <laughs> I mean, it was a long, long time ago, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's... Uh, Hopefully, we'll get to see that that evil Wookiee yeah. from the early parts of yeah. We the Vader need the suit. full team back together totally. for something this big. Although, really, Vader looks like he does not need any help. No, uh, so they're like, no, right. but Afra needs help. Yeah, Afra's like, crap, crap, crap. Vader thinks I betrayed him. We have to go down there and help him, even though he doesn't need help, just mm-hmm. so we don't get killed. Yeah, uh, and it's great. There's so really like, yeah, stuff. if we rescue him, then yeah. All this kind of fun stuff. Uh, we get to see where Luke is, and it's a really good reminder that Luke is a dumb kid. Stupid he is kid. such a stupid idiot. I want to punch him in his stupid handsome face. And it's just like, kid, why are you so dumb? Grow up. You're in the middle of a war. Well put. Ugh. And uh, there are repercussions when for his dumb dumbiness. Dumb dumbiness. 
All right, Groot number six, and um, Ryan has not read this one yet, so he cannot fully appreciate how heart-wrenchingly oh, beautiful I saw this the good dinosaur last night. Book is. I don't need more heart-wrenching uh, good stories well, with wonderful characters. This one <laughs> was written by Jeff Loveness. The art is by Brian Kessinger. I'm going to divide it into three parts, basically. The first part, which is good and fun, is that Groot and Rocket finally get to Earth, where Groot's been wanting to visit this whole time. We don't really know why, because they go to Earth all the time. It's not like it's a huge deal. But while they're there, they got a checklist of things to do from the other Guardians. So they go and check out a concert of one of Star-Lord's bands that he likes. They hate it. Um, they go and, in, in more serendipitous here, they go and watch Star Wars, uh, because Captain <laughs> Marvel recommended it to him, and get an argument over uh, between the two of them which one would be Han and which one would be Chewie. Because Rocket thinks because he's a guy who shoots stuff, he would be Han. They go and try to find a villain to fight because Gamora and Drax say there's really good villains on Earth. Anyways, that's all the fun stuff. Then the really big thing they want to do is Kitty said, oh, you guys, while you're there, you should go see the X-Men. You know, the X-Men are a lot of fun. Um, But Groot is looking for one X-Men in particular, and that is young Jean Grey. And we get this great scene at this party that the X-Men are having for Groot and Rocket of Cyclops awkwardly trying to hit on Gene and just doing very, very poorly. Then we just hear this telepathic thing go, hello, Gene. And um, we're like, who's talking to Gene Gray? And then you realize, oh, my God, it's Groot. So we get full Groot dialogue, like Groot having an actual conversation with Gene Gray. And the conversation he has is the story of why he turned against his people and why he got basically banished, um, talking about how they're all just these like crazy people trying to take over planets, all this other stuff. And this that I'm pointing to is the reason why he decided that he was not going to be like the rest of his people. Um, it's, it's a pizza. It's Well, there actually is a pizza earlier in the book. Hold on. <laughs> Look, he's eating a pizza earlier. Over Look here. at it, he's so happy. This has everything I you want. I want to eat pizza with Groot. Um, the reason Groot went against his people is they had captured some Earthlings. He met a little girl. And he decided, much like in the movie, rather than try to destroy this little girl, I'm going to grow a flower for her instead. Unlike in the movie where, you know, they just proceed along a pace, now all of Groot's fellow Planet X residents... Um, come after him screaming, I am Groot, I am Groot, I am Groot. They all come after him. But Groot saves this little girl. And the reason, and he tells Jean Grey all this stuff he learned from this experience, how it shaped him, all this other stuff. And the reason he has come back to Earth is because he wants to find this girl and basically say thank you for making me who I am. But the girl is now an old woman and the last few scenes no, are just... I don't want to know no, anymore. It's, it's, exa- it's exactly... I'm going to read it later. I'm oh, going to die. It's so good. It's so good. I love the fun part at the beginning. I love just kind of the what when Groot starts talking to Gene. I love his origin. And the last few pages are just so beautiful. And there's a nice farewell from the whole team. It's so good, man. You have to read it ASAP. I will. All right. Up next is Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm glad I got you in mid-yawn there as I threw to you. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number two by Brian Michael Bendis. Art by Valerio Skiti. Colors by Richard Eisenhoff. And um, I love the opening of this. Just another, like, Brian Michael Bendis works with artists so well. Mm -hmm. And when those pairings are 
locked in like he is with Bagley, like Marquez, like Maliv, like Kelly, Pekeli, uh, and now with Skeety, it's like every page is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And this is this two-page spread talking about the Cree, the homeworld, uh, their history, the beauty, the majesty, the might, the uh, the accusers, all this stuff, and it's told with a voiceover from this character who is calling herself Hala, yeah. which was the name of Hala. of the Cree homeworld, but is now gone. Yeah, and we you know we see that she is she is pissed off. Yeah, she is. And we saw her yes. during Secret Wars. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, she is the. Basically, the last Cree is what she believes she is. She's mm-hmm. the last accuser, I should say. There might be other Cree, she believes, but she is the last accuser, this last of the warrior, uh, security, police, right. military, which justice. Which we know not to be the case, but she doesn't know that. Sure. Because we know Ronan's out there. Yeah, he's, she doesn't know that, which makes it even cooler because at some point you know they're going to run up against each other. Yeah, Ronan's eating party mix yep. somewhere and just like having a good As old he time. Does. Yep. Uh, so she goes and she's like, oh... The Guardians of the Galaxy are the reason this all happened. I'm going to kill the hell out of them. Yeah. I'm going to get some revenge. Destroy. And I'm going to do it deliciously. Yeah. So she goes. Freestyle. Yeah. To Spartax and she throws down. So there's great uh, couple pages of fighting. Killer Ben Grimm moment. Oh, so good. So good. It's. You would think the amount of times he's done that at some point it's just going to be like, okay, this happens every issue that things in. Nope. Nope. Still awesome every time. Still great. You guys know what we're talking about. We don't need to say it. Yeah, uh, you so know what the, he does. This battle's great. The Spartax like uh, security force is there because Star Lord is there. He's you know King Lord President guy mm-hmm. of Spartax, and they're like, hey dude, we've got guns. Stand back. And he's like, no, those are my friends. This is a personal thing. And then everything goes crazy, pear shaped, and Hala's like, ha ha ha. Although the interesting thing is, despite the fact he's like, no, I've got to go help. He really has nothing to help with. Yeah. But that's great. He offers nothing. Other, well, yeah, except for the fact that, like, you know, Groot needs to jump in front of him and basically take a shot. And yeah. It's not. Anyway, it You're ends. the worst, Star-Lord. <laughs> it ends with a, this, like, Hala's plan uh, starting to form together. Yeah. And you're like, woo. It's true. It's after they think they've already beaten her, too, which makes it even more delicioso. Yeah. Uh, we have two guidebooks to the Marvel Cinematic Universe out this week. If you guys missed it the first time when we did Marvel's Iron Man, these are essentially they give you handbook style entries about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This week we've got Marvel's Incredible Hulk and Marvel's Iron Man Two. They go character by character, covering stuff like the Abomination, stuff like the Hulk, um, and this is a flip book, so they're both in one. Um, and then on the Iron Man side, you know, we get Whiplash. We get new Iron Man armors. It tells you not only what's going on in the movies, but also their comics equivalent. So for something like Abomination, you get to find out what's the origin of the Abomination in the movies. Then here over on the side and in the comics, this is what the Abomination is like. These are very cool. I think they're a very good resource, and I will be reading them shortly. And also, I couldn't figure out why I didn't get a copy of the Iron Man 2 one. And now I understand... Oh, because it's a flipbook, and I'm a dummy. <laughs> Back to you, Ryan. <laughs> All right. So uh, up next is Hail Hydra, uh, number four, final part of this Secret Wars limited series. Yes. Fe- uh, written by Rick Remender, art by Roland Boshi, colors Not by— Not going to say it's the last Secret Wars limited series because I've been burned by that 
Yes. Flame Before. But it's definitely the last issue of this series. Yes. Uh, colors by Chris Chukri, and it features, you know, we're, we're following Ian Rogers, who is Steve Rogers' adopted son from the, 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 the main uh, Marvel Universe right. into Secret Wars. Uh, how he got there is a really cool, like, little twist on how it all worked out. Uh, he's here in this domain. It doesn't make any sense. Hydra <laughs> is all in control, and they're like, just, it's the worst. It's a great, I love it because it's just everything awful is happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody he could have been allied with is dead. Hydra is, they're one. Yeah. Like, this is, they're just like Not only have they won, the general populace is psyched They're like, they hey, won. Hydra's great, guys. Yeah. Let's just go to Hydra school. And uh, so we get this, uh, it opens with this cool philosophical decision, uh, conversation between uh, Steve Rogers and Ian. And then we go to, right into Battle World in the Hydra domain where Ian is about to die. He is trapped. He is cornered. All the Hydra forces are like, hey, just give up. Take give my up, hand. kid. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out what to do, uh, but you lost. And then he's like, well, I don't want them to get my super suit and powers and all this stuff, so I'm going to die. He just falls off the building like, this is over, uh, resigning himself to sacrificing his life in order to keep something out of their mm-hmm. hands. Uh, but boom, in flies his what could kind of his sister yeah. in this world alternate reality adopted sister yeah, yeah. that works uh, Ellie and she's got a uh, part of the alien uh, venom symbiote yep attached to her so she's now got these cool powers and they're going around trying to escape then we get to see a whole bunch of uh, great villains from the Recommender run from Captain America yeah. showing up here except they're the Avengers here yeah which is terrifying uh, it's great. Big old throwdown. Dr. Mindbubble, Iron Nail. Yeah. The gang's all here. Gang's all here. Um, uh, then we get to see just chaos and calamity and death and destruction. And it has this really uh, bleak, but if you... I thought you said Blake. Not Blake. Uh, a bleak ending, but at the same time, it leaves some hope. Yeah. It leaves like, oh. It's very open-ended. Very open-ended, which I really dug. Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. number two. There you go. Written by Frank J. Barbier. uh, Art by Brent Schoonover. Color art by Nick Filardi. We were introduced to the Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. last issue. In this issue, we get a spotlight on three of them. That being Dum Dum Dugan, Manphibian, and of course my favorite, Vampire by Night. uh, Who is also a vampire during the day, as best I can tell. They are on a mission called Ghost Train, where they're under the... uh, under the, under the city of New York, in the subways, uh, where Manphibian discovers some hieroglyphs and some weird graffiti. And basically there's this young girl who has unwittingly unleashed these ancient Egyptian spirits, and they have now taken over a train. So it's a twofold mission. Vampire by Night needs to go inside this girl's head and try to convince her to back down, try to get her powers under control. Well, Dum Dum and Manphibian, using these guns that Manphibian created fight these ancient spirits. Manphibian is awesome because he's this big bulking powerhouse, but he's also really, really smart and also tried to conquer Earth many years ago. So he gets a little aside being like, oh yes, this is a weapon I created back when I was trying to conquer Earth. And Dum Dum's like, oh, you Manphibian. <laughs> um, so you get, we take care of all that. They do their mission. Then in the back half of the book, we got some more stuff going on. Back at the base, there's something up with Dr. Cray. And there's something up with Warwolf, and there's something going on with, as we mentioned... Yeah, there was some creepy business right up in there. Very creepy. And the, our boy! 
our boy Dracula is being just experimented on, and we don't know why, we don't know how. Um, Dracula, they take my blood. And then there's a new, <laughs> a, not new, but <laughs> new, new to this book villain comes in at the end, and we find out why maybe all this Egyptian stuff is. One going of your on. favorites. One of my favorites. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm trying to figure out if this is in fact that villain, or if it's just a generic version of this type of villain. So I'll be. I'll be eagerly anticipating Howling Commandos of Shield number three to learn more about this big bad guy. Totally. Showed up at the end. Yeah. Uh, also, this week we have Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider Man Spider Verse number one, adapting the hit animated series. As always, the uh, the Spider Verse, the Spider Verse part of Ultimate Spider Man Web Warriors. Yes. All right, on to Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number one. Uh, highly, highly anticipated. anticipated. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, written by Amy Reader and Brendan Montclair. Uh, let me just make sure I get all the names right and find the dang credits. Uh, art by Natasha Bustos and colors by Tamara Bonvillain. Uh, this starts out, we get introduced right away to Lunella Lafayette, who mm-hmm. is this uh, this little girl. She's, I don't know, I'm going to guess like 10, 11 years old, yep. probably. Somewhere in that ballpark. She lives in New York City. She is super duper smart. Loves the science. She is, like, she is probably future foundation level smart. Oh, but yeah. as we find out, she has been rejected by the future foundation and other places. Mm-hmm. We'll we're gonna figure out why, hopefully, as we get through the series. But she is uh, she's got she's a big brain. She's tinkering with um, devices. She's trying to unlock secrets of the universe, and she's very curious. She's very smart, and her uh, intelligence is kind of getting in the way of her social skills. Hmm. Pretty hardcore. She's not good at school because she's smarter than everyone there, and uh, she's frustrated with that. She's frustrated with just her lot in life, which you know, an adolescent that's gonna happen, uh, and it's just. Uh, exacerbated by her abilities. But she goes out, she's got this device that she made to try to, to, to track some stuff, to find something, and she finds this crazy thing, this glowing orb that uh, when she grabs it, boom, we then flash back to ages ago. An Eons, Yeah, if indeterminate you number of years where we find uh, some, basically, in the Original Devil Dinosaur Moon Boy time frame. Mm-hmm. And we get to see uh, a bunch of, you know, the different casts that are here, the different types of uh, people, I guess, the folk. Yes, uh, the killer as, folk, the little folk, yes. all the folk. And they're directly just, from the Jack Kirby series. Yeah, totally. And so it's it's um, really cool stuff set right in the, in the course of that old series. And a big old battle is going on, lots of frustration and, and anger and uh, vengeance back in the day. And we flash back over to Lu- uh, Lunella and we see uh, the implications of her finding this device and how it bridges the gap between uh, the ages ago and the now. And uh, all kinds of craziness and wackiness ensues and it's going to be a super fun ride. Yeah, really good stuff. I, I love that first issue. Oh, I'm yeah. all in on that. It's terrific. Okay, over to Shield number 12, written by Mark Wade, art by Joe Bennett, with inks by Alejandro Sicat, Ed Tadeo, and Walden Wong, and then colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. So throughout the course of this Shield book, we've mostly seen one agent here, two agents here, three agents here. In this issue, it's a mission so big that we need Coulson, Fitz, Simmons, Daisy, and May. They're all in the book because this is actually the final issue of Shield. And what a run it has been. Uh, Mark Wade and an assortment of artists have done such a great job. 
right on the first page, just to give you the scope of this issue, Scarlet Centurion, time-traveling jerk, uh, goes back in time, and just basically for fun, for kicks, murders Odin. Like, you would also think, oh, I... I guess this guy's just, he's got the stuff. I guess, because I was very, I was like, how did, how did he, what? I don't, I don't understand. Um, he murders Odin and what that does, because he is of Earth, of Midgard, that sets off a war between Asgard and Midgard. And we jump in at the very end of the war where the Asgardians have slaughtered all our heroes, including Odin's son and Thor, who decided to take up with the people of Midgard. And the only people left are the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Coulson and his small band, vastly outnumbered, vastly overpowered, no way they can do anything. But if you remember all the way back to issue number one, Coulson saved Heimdall's life. So Coulson reaches out to Heimdall and says, you owe me. We're going to figure out how to fix this. Dumb face. You owe me. Hey, Heimdall. I was going to use a nickname and I couldn't come up with one, so I went with his actual name. Didn't come out well at all. Huge butt. Uh, (laughs) So Heimdall brings the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to Asgard, says, look. Time is fluid here. I am able to put you back at a time before this happened. You need to stop it from happening. Uh, I can't do it. Thor can't do it. Odin's son can't do it. It needs to be someone from Earth. That way, all of this is undone. And now we've got um, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents in Asgard trying to blend in with crazy Alan Davis-y looking outfits that Joe Bennett draws wonderfully. And they've got... They were told to bring weapons... So there's a great page where we oh realize the weapons they brought are the most awesome weapons. Except for I feel bad for Daisy. She just gets to use her normal She's quick I, Look, gauntlets. she's pretty powerful. So yeah, she's, she's pretty cool. good on her own. But this is a great page right here where they reveal themselves. So it's uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. against Asgard. That's, that's the story here. S.H.I.E.L.D. against Asgard just so they can get to Odin, try to convince him of what's going on, stop the Scarlet Centurion. Um, some great banter, some really clever stuff. That's been the hook of this whole book for me is Mark Wade being so smart and figuring out, all right, how would this precise power of this precise hero be useful against this precise villain? And that's what we get here. Um, it's a perfect wrap. It's been a year of awesome S.H.I.E.L.D. stories from Mark Wade. Of course, Mark Guggenheim is going to pick up the mantle in January with the new Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series, but this, this book was a pleasure from start to finish. Heck yeah. All right, we've got Silk, number one. Uh, written by Robbie Thompson, art by Stacy Lee, colors by Ian Herring, and uh, this we dive right in. So now we're back from a couple months away. Uh, we see where uh, our, our hero is, what she's doing. Uh, Cindy Moon is now she's still got her job with uh, the Fact Channel. She's got a promotion. In fact, she's got a promotion. Yep. She's got her own apartment, uh, and she's got some new super gigging going. So many on. people getting apartments this week. Who else got an apartment? Uh, Wolverine. Oh, yeah. A new Wolverine. Yeah. Back at the beginning of our, totally. of our adventure. Let's go do uh, Cribs for the Marvel Universe. Remember Cribs, Tucker? Of course I do. I don't know if he's lying or not. Yeah, I, might be. <laughs> uh, so Cindy, who is Silk, she is out there. Right away, she's fighting uh, members of the Goblin Nation, the Knights Ooh. of the Goblin King, uh, who are just, you know... What a geeky-sounding name. I know. Jerks with... Uh, something better, guys. Uh, with goblin masks and some, like, cheapo gliders. Mm-hmm. And she's fighting them. We shift over what she's, you know, learn a little bit about her job. But... Uh, as we go along, you get to see where her brother was. That was that great emotional moment at the yes. end of the first Silk series. Uh, we get to see her fighting lots of these goblin dudes. 
there's this one character here, and I don't, is that, I'm not sure who that is. Yeah, there's a character Ben and I are both like, hmm, we don't know. She's great. Oh, that's uh, fun. Uh, but we get to see Silk having this battle, doing really well, comes up against uh, a character who's getting her own book soon, and they, they do some fighting. Also and guest starring in, like, every book in the Marvel Universe, which is Rightfully great. so. Yeah. And we get, what a twist! We get to see what Silk is really up to, and it's kind of crazy, and you're like, wait, what the heck? And then maybe things shift a little bit more, and you go around and around, and it's... I really like what's going on here. There's lots of fun stuff. I'm trying not to give anything away because I think it's, as you guys should be reading this book, it's uh, it's really neat and uh, it's great to see these characters in this way. Plus, we get to see uh, a big old uh, goblin-esque character mm-hmm. pumped up Lots of end. goblins. Speaking of books where it's going to be tough to uh, talk <laughs> about without giving anything away, uh, Dan Slott, Michael Allred, and Laura Allred present Silver Surfer number 15. Our final last days crossover, maybe until next week when another one comes out and I realize I was wrong. Uh, when we last left our heroes, they had almost remade the universe. They were the sole survivors, or so they thought, of the previous universe. They were trying to remake the universe in the wake of Secret Wars. They are getting help from Glorian, from the Shaper of Worlds. Uh, they find out stuff is horribly wrong. There's a bunch of, as they were remaking this universe, there's a bunch of duplications because they tried to fix things. They tried to make things better. And it's screwing with the Shaper of Worlds' powers. Over on Earth, Dawn has created a second Silver Surfer without realizing it uh, because she thought she was just bringing the Silver Surfer to her. So now the Shaper of Worlds basically says, all right, you guys, slow down, slow your roll. We need to figure this out. And then he gets something happens. Can I pause? Time yes. out? Yeah. What, uh, what, when did we first see the Shaper of Worlds? Like Shaper what? of Worlds debuted back in like the late 60s, early 70s in the Hulk of all places. I love the Shaper of Worlds. Yeah. Like, what a weird, bonkers design. Yeah. I love it. He's out of control. Uh, we find out who the lowly Z is. Mm. Not going to reveal that one either. It's me. <laughs> Man. I know. No spoilers on this show. But, look, the, the big takeaway is it's an awesomely drawn... You, you sometimes forget... I, like, I just take for granted how good the Allreds are. Oh, my gosh. And this is an issue where I remembered, I was like, oh, yeah, they're incredible. They're uh, some of the best. And we get a plot point that goes all the way back to the very first arc. Um, we get the Silver Surfer and Dawn having to choose between this new, quote-unquote, perfect universe they've created or taking the risk of going back to the old universe that is dominated by Victor Von Doom, or so they think. They're not 100% sure. So... There's all this stuff going on. And to add to the wrinkle, if they go back to the old universe, that means every planet that the Silver Surfer destroyed with Galactus uh, is back. Or is not back. It's, right. it's gone again. They're still gone. Yeah, they're still gone. So they have a hard decision to make. Uh, they have to make it together. It really underscores the beauty of their relationship. I love this last page. So good. It's a nice capper to this series. And then the series is going to start back up again in January with a new Silver Surfer number one by the same team. Yeah. All right. On to the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Yay! <laughs> Number I two. I love Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Who doesn't? Ugh. It's so good. Tucker hates it. Uh, Tucker, you're a monster. I hate it. Sorry. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, it's, it's all about the voices. If we if we get our morning zoo <laughs> off the ground, we definitely need to keep Tucker around for that. Totally. So this first page is like, hey, 
uh, we're going to tell you a time travel story. Yep. And uh, Squirrel Girl gets tossed away back yeah, in time. In the tradition of her like beating Galactus on the first page a few issues back, this is this is how the unbeatable Squirrel Girl team rolls. Yeah. Yeah, so the the she gets sent back in time. This is the story of what happens next. So, boom, she is sent uh, well before her time, uh, kind of in a 60s-ish era. Uh, no, they say right, right yeah. out. It's the 60s. 60s, great. Yep. Um, and she's like, what the heck is going on? And it's terrific because she's so positive and mm-hmm, so earnest mm-hmm. and so, like, excited about things. And then Like, you yeah, have, we're in the 60s, great. Yeah, and then you have... Uh, Tippy Toe, the squirrel, who is just like... Cynical squirrel. Hey. Typical. Chill out. We need to figure this yeah, out. Yeah, this is bad. Don't have fun. Yeah. Slow your roll. Are uh, you slow your roll? All this stuff. And uh, so Squirrel Girl has to balance the fact that people aren't really ready for, one, women to be in, like doing a lot of the things that they're doing... Two superheroes right. to actually be out there fighting crime, and so she as she stops a crime, and they're like, "What is go? What? You're not a cop." Yeah. yeah. Uh, the twist to this is that it seems most people don't even remember Squirrel Girl exists. Yes. So uh, Koi Boy and Chipmunk Hunk, no help, not at all, useless. Yeah, but. Uh, uh, Nancy, Nancy is lots is, of help. She's, she fully remembers, and she's like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I need to figure this out. It's a great bunch of people. Like, this is a huge Nancy story. Yep. She's got tons of fun stuff in here. A lot of responsibility. And there's this great, like, thing. She's trying to think, like, Squirrel Girl, like, uh, Noreen would, would, would think, and gets this moment where she's like, no friggin' way. It's really funny. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, a lot of back and forth. We see, uh, we get to see that, okay, this isn't just isolated to Squirrel Girl. There's more to it in here. All kinds of fun stuff. The issue's hilarious. It's beautifully done, as always. Uh, creative team is Ryan North, Erica Henderson. Uh, we get some cool little uh, trading card art by Matt Diggis. David Robbins, Chip Zdarsky, and of course, colors by Rico Renzi. And it's just super fun, jam-packed, so much going on. And it's Squirrel Girl, so you know she's going to win in the end in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, she's unbeatable. Uh, But the way she gets there, we're going to find out because this story continues next month. And then there's another last page. What? Yeah, it was a great last page. Um, Finally this week, we've got Venom Space Night number one. Written by Robbie Thompson, art by Ariel Olivetti. This is kind of a another drop you right in the midst of things because when we start, Flash Thompson, Venom, is already running through a spaceship, holding some sort of stolen tech, shooting a laser rifle, and this is this is a drop you right in, find out what Venom's mission statement is. Um, he is now an agent of the cosmos. He doesn't know what this I is. I love that. He's like, I'm an agent of the cosmos. Do you know what that is? Yeah, keeps asking everyone who keeps saying, um, keeps saying like, oh, you're an agent of the cosmos. He's like, yes, I am. What is that? <laughs> uh, has to go on a rescue mission. There is a pirate that has captured, he thinks it's just like they have like a score, they have a drug or something, but it turns out it's something else entirely. Yeah. Uh, it makes the mission much, much bigger. He meets this robot who has like, <laughs> This robot's a great character. This is this this robot that's patrolling the halls, um, saying like, 
can you just destroy me? I hate my existence. It reminds me <laughs> of the the bomb from Secret Warriors. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I can totally get that. Um, Secret Avengers. Secret Avengers. Secret sorry. Avengers. Um, so yeah, it, it, this is basically an introductory issue for Flash Thompson, for Venom, for his new situation, for what he's doing out in space, for the type of stuff he's going to be up to, um, and the art by Ariel Alvetti is on point. Like, what a great selection for this character. Uh, I I have been a huge Ariel Olivetti fan for many years, so it is, to me, uh, a momentous occasion and a definite treat yeah. when we get like Olivetti art on an ongoing. There's great, like big, crazy Olivetti moments where he draws you know, like spaceships and aliens and stuff like that, but there's also stuff like this, which I'm pointing to, where it's just like a Venom silhouette hanging like yeah. Spider-Man, which is so beautiful and Ugh, really, really well done. It's incredible. Yeah. So that's what we got. That's what we got for this week. Boy, boy. I'll go first because it's Groot for me. Groot for me by a tree branch. (laughs) Nah. Um, I picked Vader down last week, so I would feel bad picking it two weeks in a row. It's definitely up there. I'm going to go with Shield number 12. Good issue. I really loved that issue. I thought it was such a great rap. But there's so much good stuff. It was. Uh, Squirrel Girl was really good. All the new number ones are intriguing. Even the number two issues are really sucking me in. It's uh, it's good stuff. We're doing a good job, guys. Congratulations, comic book. All right, Tucker, what's the first uh, comic you're going to read once we we let you loose? Uh, I think Carnage. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to read a Star Wars comic. So cool. All right. Look, you know I got mad love. For everything Star Wars, I'm not including so Vader down, which is just such a sick crossover. But Carnage is looking so cool. Cool, yeah, great Good pick. Good pick. Collections on sale this week. We've got Daredevil Volume Four, the autobiography mm. of Matt Murdock, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Deadpool Classic Volume Fourteen, Suicide Kings, Deadpool versus Thanos, Jessica Jones Alias Volume Three, Marvel nineteen nope eighteen seventy two. Yep. Uh, Miles Morales. Ultimate Marvel 1970s, it would be an interesting yeah. series. Axel would love it. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate Collection, Volume 3. Spider-Gwen, Volume 0, Most Wanted. So, so many Volume Zeros this week. You yep. love it. Yeah. You love it. Uh, Star-Lord and Kitty Pride. the end. Uh, Wolverine, Old Man Logan, Volume 0, War Zones. And X-Men, Years of Future Past. Digital comics on sale this week. Everything we just talked about, as well as Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy Infinite Comic Number One. Uh, and there's an asterisk there in case anything we talked about is not on the list. I think everything this week, though. Sure. I don't know. Maybe not the guidebooks. Maybe not the no, all I, ages. Who I'm knows? I'm gonna say it's all there. Yeah, let's say it probably is. Uh, also on the app this week, we've got Electra issues 11 through 32. Here we go. Get ready. Star Wars Darth Maul 1 through 4. Star Wars Darth Maul Death Sequence 1 through 4. Death Sentence 1 through 4. Star Wars Darth Maul Son of Dathomir. Is is this a Lord of the Rings crossover? Because Dathomir is definitely a name (laughs) that I would feel like I'm reading in a Tolkien. I don't know, but there's four issues of it. Uh, Star Wars Darth Vader and the Cry of Shadows 1 through 5. Star Wars Darth Vader and the Ghost Prison 1 through 5. It's a ghost prison! I'm Darth Vader! Star Wars Darth Vader and the Lost Command 1 through 5. Star Wars Darth Vader and the Ninth Assassin 1 through 5. Star Wars X Wing Rogue Squadron 0.5 through 35. Star Wars X Wing Rogue Squadron Special Number 1. 
villains for hire point one what if 31 through 38 of 1977 volume we're inching closer yeah, i think that's right by the end inching ever closer end. and finally x-men origins deadpool yeah digital collections on sale we've got daredevil volume four the autobiography of matt murdoch deadpool classic volume 14 suicide kings deadpool versus thanos heroes for higher control incredible hercules the new prince of power marvel 1872 new x-men childhoods end volume mm. one love that yep spider gwen volume zero most wanted star lord and kitty pride the unbeatable squirrel girl volume two squirrel you know it's true Thor. Seriously? Yeah. That's the name oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, yeah. Oh! Yeah. So good. It's on the spine. Someone, that's I posted that so on, great. I think I posted it on Instagram. Someone had a fun time with that one. Tucker, do you know what that's a reference to? You're a monster, Mr. Tucker. That's, You're not getting no, it. Nope. You're not getting it. Nope. Way uh, over, way over yeah. my giant head. Uh, <laughs> Thor, <laughs> Lord of Asgard, pause. Did you know Vampiro was a uh, bodyguard for Millie Vanilli? Yes. I listened to, you listen to that episode. I listened to that episode. Bonkers. Ugh. All right. Uh, Villains for Hire. Knight Takes King. Wolverine. Old Man Logan. Volume Zero. War Zones. Wolverine. <laughs> rot. X-Men. Years of Future Past. Uh, over on Marvel Unlimited, here are your freshly digitized comics for the week. Agents of Atlas, number nine. All-New Hawkeye, number three. Deadpool, number 1,000. Deadpool Team-Up, number 894. Deadpool Secret Secret Wars, number one. Deathlock, number eight. Free Comic Book Day 2015, Avengers, number one. Free Comic Book Day 2015, Secret Wars, number zero. Giant Size Defenders, one through five, from way back in the 70s. Guardians of the Galaxy, number 27. Loki, Agent of Asgard, number 14. Master of Kung Fu, number one. Moon Knight, number 15. Planet Hulk, number one. Secret Wars, Battle World, number one. Spider-Verse, number one. Star Wars, number five. Thor, for Asgard, number three. Ultimate End, number one, Uncanny X-Men, number 34, and Wolverines, number 19. Hot dog. What? 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 I think I get it now. What, what is it? Is it, squirrel, you know 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 you only know some sort of weird remix then. So, no, no, I know, I the, know what the reference is uh, to. Yeah, the, uh, it's from like, some... the lip sync oh, breakdown. Oh, Right, but yeah. I mean, like, the song it, actually yes. continues. Yes, in. of course. There's an actual song. So yes. sing the rest. <laughs> uh, squirrel, you know it's true. Baby. No. <laughs> no. Nice <laughs> try. Okay. That was a good guess. Yeah. That was just, you have 50-50 there. Yeah, Vanny sure. could have been thrown in there yeah. very easily. Very, very easily. <laughs> well done. That's good. Five twin points for Tucker. Yes. Yay. All right, let's go to the news. From Marvel Headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News. Okay, let's talk news. The big news in comics this week is something we did. Something on Marvel.com and on our YouTube channel. It's called Marvel 101. They are one-minute educational videos on all your favorite characters. From Jessica Jones, to Ant-Man, to Spider-Man, to Iron Man, to Thor, to Captain America. Uh, We released 20 of them. We're going to be releasing one a week. Encourage you guys to go over to our YouTube channel and check them out. They're a lot of fun. They're really well done. And if you have a friend uh, or a relative or someone who doesn't know everything about Marvel, maybe they've just seen the movies, uh, have them check this out. They can learn all about the all the characters who they're getting to know via movies and TV and all that good stuff. Yeah, and these are short videos, so you're not gonna like. Yeah, they're a minute. Yeah, don't expect to see like crazy detail about you know Spider-Man's history because. 
that's like fifty odd right. years. But so, you'll get you'll get the high concept yeah. stuff. So and it's going to be great because we're gonna we're going deep on these. We're going to yep. be doing tons and tons of these. So it's going to be a thing like who's this character? Who's that character? Well, this is going to be the great base level to get you informed mm-hmm. and let you speak a little bit more about it, see some cool art, and then you could start diving in on your own to figure out you want to learn more. That was some of the most fun stuff for me was seeing the art. Yeah, just like you, I watched Doctor Strange last night and I got to see you know Ditko art all the way up to Marcos Martin and all the other great artists that have worked on it. Um, thanks to Jim Beard and to Alex Lopez and to Judy Stevens and to Jason Chung and other people whose names I are escaping me right now, but thank you all you guys for all the great work you've done so far on this. Yes, it's, it's super exciting. Over in the world of games, it's all about our Marvel Netflix universe right now. Uh, over in Avengers Alliance, there's going to be a new spec op starting hopefully this week where you can now win Jessica Jones. Uh, you can also get Boomerang and the new villains are Kingpin is actually going to be a villain you can fight. Purple Man's in there. The Owl's in there. Beetle's in there. The new Beetle. And uh, just for Strami, the Shocker. Nice. Because there's a nice... It's cool. It's kind of half Jessica Jones, half Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Huh. Because basically they're loosely adapting what happened there where uh, Boomerang ends up on the wrong side of his comrades and you have to save him as a gang warrior ups. It's really neat. I'm really excited to play it. Um, and I got... What's her name? Who was, who, was, who was up for grab in the last spec op? Um, Spitfire. I managed to get my hands on Spitfire. Hello, I run fast. Yeah, it was really great. Um, so lots of fun Avengers Alliance stuff. Contest of Champions. You can now get uh, the Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix. Daredevil. So he's a slightly different Daredevil. Um, but... Because the thing with Contest of Champions is when they release a new costume, they don't just... It's not just, oh, you can put a new skin on this character. They do a whole new character. So you get to play as a whole new character. And over in Future Fight, Jessica Jones has debuted. Uh, You also can't hear where you do just put new skins on. You can get the Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix skin for Daredevil, as well as I think Superior Spider-Man came out. Uh, New costume for Iron Fist. Great content across the board. Very cool. Uh, one of the things I forgot to mention last week, we were talking about Superhero HQ and all the cool stuff happening at Disneyland. You can get an Iron Man Stein what? in Tomorrowland, a little beverage holder. Oh, okay. Uh, you could drink out of Iron Man's head, as one always would want to. That's the dream. Yeah. All right. I'm sure Strami and the Wolfman will get to this uh, in their section, unless... They don't record, which is why I'm making sure to talk about it, uh, because finally it's happened. The trailer, the teaser for Marvel's Captain America Civil War has arrived. People have been asking for this? Just a couple <laughs> few. It's not like everything we post on Twitter and Facebook, the uh, comments reply. are, where is trailer, trailer, trailer now, I hate you, where trailer, yeah. trailer please, I'm dying, trailer. So it's not been a lot of that. No, no, no not in high demand at all. Nope. Uh, so very cool, uh, super psyched that we got to do it through uh, Kimmel and the fun execution with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. It's just fun stuff. Uh, plus. There's the three posters, uh, and we've got gifts and all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, if you, ha- for some reason, if you're listening to this and didn't realize that that's out there, please go to literally any place that we do internet. Uh, so Marvel.com, our YouTube, our Marvel Twitter, 
Facebook, uh, the Cap, Avengers, I, all those places where we have the trailer and we have the art and stuff that you can uh, get hyped about. And it's and then stay hyped about. Stay hyped, like the hype bros would tell mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool. All right. Now, let's see what Mark and Patrick have. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. Man. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Yeah, yeah. Hello out there. This week in Marvel, this is Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. And I am joined by... Harrison Wilcox. And he is... Director of Development. I know what you're thinking. He is not Stephen Wacker. Luckily, Stephen Wacker got fired. Again. Again. It's like the fifth time. The fifth time. Uh, so you're not going to have to listen to him this week. Instead, we have a very special guest. And his or her name, I will not reveal whether it is a male or a female. Uh, just stay tuned for maybe five seconds. And you will learn that we are joined by... Katie Kineski. And Katie, what do you hear? Do you hear? What do you hear? Do you hear what I hear? hear. What is your role at Marvel? I am the current series coordinator in animation. What on earth is that? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thanks for stopping by. (laughs) No, uh, I work with Harrison and the current series team here with um, scripts and our writers and coordinating all that wonderful stuff. So... When you were a little Katie, yes, I assume you had dreams of, you know what? I want to get involved in Marvel. Yes. I want to be a current series coordinator. <laughs> uh, how, do, how do you get a job as a, as a coordinator of a current series in Marvel Animation? Happy accident. Um, uh, I was fortunate enough to meet some people over in the live action department. Yeah. And they introduced me to some people over here and... They're like, hey, do you want to come help make cartoons? And I said, of of course I do. And so that's kind of how I got here. And so what do you like so much about working on these animated series or just being involved in uh, the world of these animated series? Well, we get to work with these characters, for one, which is awesome. But I think it's funny that all of the stuff that I used to watch as a kid is somehow feeding my quote-unquote professional life now, <laughs> yeah. um, which is kind of a crazy thing to think about. And yeah. I love it. So That that the things that you uh, took such a shining to mm-hmm. as a kid, you just kind of put away to be a grown-up or an adult. Right. And then it's, you realize, oh, that stuff was actually really helpful, and I get to combine my interests as a child with your professional career. Yes, indeed. Fantastic. Uh, Harrison, I thought was about to weigh in, but instead <laughs> just scratched the mustache stubble on his upper lip. I was going to say that we also pay Katie in comic books, which is helpful. <laughs> we do, oh. we do. <laughs> comic books, candy, and soda. That's the thing, is when you have a career in a, something you liked as a kid, you get paid in what you wish you got paid as a kid. Yes, exactly. So lots of pogs. <laughs> Are pogs trademarked? Do we have to refer to them by, like, the generic... I don't want to be involved in this. <laughs> you just want to absolve yourself. I just remembered that, uh, you know, they weren't called pogs if they were like Marvel-issued pogs or caps. Milk caps. Milk caps. Yeah, I think that might have been it, which is weird, though, because pogs stand for pineapple, orange, guava. Did you guys know that? 
That no. can't that can't be real. <laughs> can't be that real. is absolutely real because pogs started in Hawaii and kids took the caps off of bottles of a pineapple orange guava juice and that's how they got the name pog. Well, our manager of development, Kalia, also started in Hawaii. Really? <laughs> All right, uh, get her in here. Yeah, let's, let's get her on the phone. Sorry, podcast, you're going to have to wait. Uh, this week, we are going to talk to you about more than just Pogs. We are going to talk about that we have a brand new episode of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, who wants to talk more about what we can expect in this week's episode? Uh, I guess I have to do it because Katie's pointing at me. It was like oh, a game. Yeah, it was a game of hot potato, and you ended up with the <laughs> microphone. Uh, this week we go back uh, and and play with the uh, the world that we saw Rocket in during the shorts, where he was held captive by robots and was experimented on, and uh, he sort of he he got his. Uh, got what made him what he is, uh, without giving too much away, uh, and also where he met Groot, if people remember from the shorts. So they end up uh, in their in their quest for the cosmic seed. The Guardians end up back on uh, Half World, which is the name of this planet, and uh, Rocket gets separated from the rest of the team and ends up uncovering a lot of interesting things from his past. That I will not spoil. Oh man! For Katie, oh, no, I see it yet. or the people at home. Now here's a here's a really deep, very loaded, kind of like a sociological question about Rocket's predicament. Now I know Rocket is not happy that he went through all these experiments, but we as viewers are kind of happy that he went through these experiments. Otherwise, he'd just be a raccoon that we never knew about. And that's where he met Groot, and he would never have been a Guardian of the Galaxy. So isn't it actually kind of good that all these experiments happened to him? Sure. <laughs> all right. All right. Whew. I was nervous. I was opening this uh, this moral can of worms. But nope, Harrison was able to just clarify. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um also, something that's exciting that we just announced this week, which is also related to Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, we partnered with the folks at We Love Fine, and we are running a contest where you can submit your own artwork inspired by Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and a plethora of judges will pick a winner uh, between, well, not between now and the deadline. They will probably wait until <laughs> after the deadline, because why are they going to day by day? judge these entries am i allowed to enter this oh yeah absolutely okay good because i've got a lot of guardians artwork that i've sent to eric radomsky sure. for design and he's rejected it wholeheartedly well so this might be my moment to shine these, these images do need to be safe for work oh, they, oh. so, so that's that might be that that I'm might out. cut down on like half goodbye <laughs> that might cut down on on some of your artwork but yes this contest is running until january 4th and uh we have people from marvel one of the judges, uh, I don't know if he'll still get to be a judge because he got fired, but Steve Wacker is, was scheduled to be one of the judges. 
He probably will be hired and refired a few times. You have to. It, yeah, it's it's really yeah. it's really a fifty fifty chance. What day that of the week is as really... of January fourth. Will he still be an employee? Yeah, it's it's tough to know. No one knows. But uh, head to wheelofine.com and learn more about that contest, and you might win any number of prizes that I cannot recall at the moment. But I'm sure. What else are you going to do? What else matter. are you going to do with it's your a, time? It's a free prize. It's it's, it's a free prize. Yeah. It's based on Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Whatever it is. We, if we don't get enough submissions, we're just going to have to go on Tumblr and just steal non-commissioned, non-sanctioned pieces of art, and yeah. nobody wants that. If you're not happy with the prize, Katie will come to your house and hang out with you and watch the show. I will. I will. And she'll bring her pogs. I will. That's I will. how we tie it all together. Well, Katie, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Patrick. And Harrison, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And make sure to catch that new episode this Saturday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Disney XD. And until next time, cartoon in. Right, to mercy time. All right, this was a uh, this was a fun pick. I'm yes. glad we did this. Um, Quick you know, hit, yeah, it was good. And we did it. You know, I think it's also funny that we did it before most Star Wars books that we could have done. We only did mm-hmm. what one Star Wars story behind the besides this. Yeah, we did. Uh, what was it? Dark Empire. Yeah, way back when. Yes, way back when, like three months ago. Yeah, totally. Uh, so Star Wars tag and bank. Uh, Kevin Rubio, who just killing it he's the writer on this uh the art is by lucas marignon i guess sounds about right marignon or marignon yeah uh and it's you know it's comedy book set in star wars tons of pop culture references so don't get too if you haven't read it yet don't get too caught up on like but that doesn't make sense because that's that's bob's big boy what is he doing there uh it's supposed to be fun it's absurd it's absurdism yeah it's i mean the reference in the beginning the tag and binker dead thing is referenced to rosencrantz and gildenstern right away so it's very smart yeah very intellectual (laughs) uh you Right off the bat, and then it's it's that vibe. It's like, oh, these two schmucks, for lack of a better term, who find themselves right in the middle of the craziest, biggest events of their universe. Uh, so they're like smack dab in the middle of all the stuff that happens in the Star Wars films, uh, even in the prequels. And then we get to see the by the end of it a cool story about like their origins, yeah, and even how that plays into everything. And uh, the order, the order sixty. Did you read this? No. Oh, oh you, gotta, you, you gotta check it done, out. Man. You could have been such a like a, you been a great part. resource. Yeah, we would have talked to you about so many things that happened here. I'm but a lowly intern. I I don't know what's coming next. I, I'm really You're, just flying you were by sitting the seat right here with us. I'm you not... knew what was coming next. <laughs> All right. You know what? You drop my excuses. Yeah, you gonna you better I read the next from URC. Yes, sir. We'll figure out how to do it. Um... Yeah, it's great. Uh, the Order 66 joke that happens mm-hmm. by the end, I, I laughed and laughed. 
Yeah, even for, you know, as as I may have mentioned one or 150 times, I don't know as much about Star Wars as these guys do, but this is the second time I've read Tag and Bink, and it's just such a fun story that if you even know the framework of Star Wars, you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's got that Star Wars stuff for hardcores, but it's got so many things, it just tells a yeah, really good fun. story. I mean, you this could be your first time reading or watching the Star Wars saga, and it would it would be kind of cool. Yeah. That would actually be really neat for someone who's never seen Star Wars to read this. I hope we maybe get some of those. Oh, my gosh. That would be hilarious. Uh, but, you know, Tag Bank, they're rebel dudes. They have to disguise themselves as stormtroopers. Oh, and the disguises. The disguises. They are masters of mm-hmm. disguise, one could say. Uh, you know, just seeing them situated within things. Uh, and then also the... The times that this was coming out, you know, it's they're two limited series, two issues each. Right. Several years apart. Yeah, like a good five or six years apart. Yeah. I'd only read the first one. I had not read the second one. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So that was cool. Um, yeah, and I was just – it was neat to, to see this. Um, really cool. I think the – what is called the limited series is because they did a, a short story in one of the Star Wars Tales books, which yeah. at some point I think we should – I'll find a good resource to pick the best Star Wars Tales books because I loved those. Those were anthology series. They were like larger size and it was – there was just like three or four stories in every issue and it was so, so cool. Mm-hmm. So they told a little bit of a Tag and Bank follow-up. This expands on it and this adds another issue to tell their origin. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you got them as little almost Jedis. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun, man. And the art's great. Oh, yeah. and. All your favorite characters are in there. Uh, you'll never look at Boba Fett the same way again. <laughs> he has a great turn in there. Uh, Lando. I love the Lando stuff. Yeah. Um, and I like to imagine that all this is canon. Like, yeah. I think that's one of the fun things. Like, read this. And then I know I, uh, the week before we see uh, Force Awakens, we're gonna I'm going to make my wife sit down and watch the first three, which nope. she's not a big fan of. I'm sure she's But thrilled. she's a... Bigger Star Wars fan than I am. Oh wow! Uh, and she's she will watch four, five, and six over and over again. No. Uh, but you know, we'll watch all six. Uh, maybe throw in the holiday special. Uh, maybe watch a little. I don't know. Clone Wars recap yeah. and Rebels, just to get hyped and stay and hyped. Stay hyped. Yeah. Uh, not that it's hard. I'm very hyped for Star Wars. Yeah, you seem pretty hyped. Yeah, it's pretty great. All right. Let's see what you guys had to say about Tag and Bink. Starting Wait, I'm with... sorry. Oh. So if you guys are going to do what I'm doing and rewatch the the first six movies, read this and oh, sort yeah. of Definitely. picture like those picture scenes. Tag and Bink being there. Yeah, and like there are literal scenes that you would like in Return of the Jedi when there's the big fight with the Emperor and uh, and Vader and Luke and like there's a part where you. If you just picture Tag and Bink standing where they're standing in this comic, it makes it so great. Well, I also like the fact that the way Kevin Rubio does it, it never is impossible that they could be there. 100%. He does his research and makes sure he's like, oh, yeah, there's there's a spot for these two randos to be in the scene. Or there is actually two random, you know, guys in the scene. There's always two people there who something is just, something happens around them. It makes perfect sense. It's great. It's great. All 
right, so what did you guys think of Tag and Bank? Alan Howell said, a Twim URC that has the Hitchhiker's Guide Planet, Jay and Silent Bob, and Tom Servo and Crow, I'm in love. Yeah. Those are a few of those pop culture references you were yeah, referring there's to. The, yeah, the Tom Servo and Crow appearance, yeah. I laughed and laughed. At Dean Wireman says, I've never watched Star Wars. Here we go. And this week's Twim URC has got me so confused. I've got to watch these movies soon. That is amazing. Dean, if you, I assume you have Marvel Unlimited because you read this along with us. There are tons, literally hundreds of Star Wars comics in yeah. Marvel Unlimited. We read more about them every week. Yeah. When we're running down those lists. Uh, read them Watch Star Wars. Yeah. They're really good movies. <laughs> yeah, it's They're a, super fun. It's kind of crazy that you've never seen Star Wars, dude. Yeah. Or lady. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars. It's all happening. DJ Fanko, people reference Tag and Bink, but I never found Star Wars comedy comics to be a huge draw. Seems like Tag and Bink were heavily influenced by the comic sensibilities of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, as mentioned by us yes, a definitely. few minutes ago. Tag and Bink get the drop on Boba Fett. Ugh. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. I admit, I enjoyed the reference to Donald Rumsfeld. Yeah, there was a little little rummy in there. A little rummy in there. Uh, <laughs> S. Weston says, Red Tag and Bink for Twim URC this week was an absolute joy. Seeing them pop up as characters we know from the films was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lion30 says, The Wilhelm scream in part in page 9 of Tagamink 2 really got me. I can't stop laughing. Great timing and selection, as usual, for MCBC? I don't know what Marvel MCBC Marvel Comic Book Club? Yeah. Maybe that's, that's a thing? That sounds fun. Yeah, we like that. We should join that. Yeah. Hello, I'm a Marvel Comic Book Club. Um, but yeah, do you know what the Wilhelm scream is? Of course. Okay. Just yeah. making sure. We're just, you know, hey. this has been a real, this is kind of like an evaluation yes. podcast for you. Do your best Wilhelm scream imitation. Oh, man. I don't want to be too better. Loud. better People are working just outside this door. They've been, they've been chattering away the whole right. time. And it's been distracting me, so. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> that was terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> you sounded like a pterodactyl. Why does, every, why does everything you do sound like someone something being strangled? Uh, I hope that's not too loud for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> that if was it great. is, we apologize. Yeah, it was definitely apologize. This is what my role here has become. Yes. Nope. Yeah. We <laughs> haven't heard from Sound Italian guy. Tucker once this episode. I know. Well, I feel like we can't burn out the character too quick. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Penelope Cat says, Really enjoyed reading Star Wars Tag and Bink as this week's Trim URC selection. I haven't read a lot of Star- Dark Horse's Star Wars comics, uh, which you should. And yeah. I'm sure we will because... That's They're the bulk all, of what we have. Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, this series was hilarious. What was the movie Rubio made? Troopers? Now I want to see that. And I uh, dove in there and said, it's called Troops. It's a cops parody mm, with stormtroopers. That sounds amazing. Uh, I remember that was like a huge internet sensation in like 98 or 99 or whatever. I've, even I've heard of that. Yeah. And it, it's great. It's terrific. Search it out if you've not seen it. Uh, Penelope Cat says, just like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, boom, the mm. comedy works because it fits perfectly in with the original stories. You know? There you go. Kevin Rubio, Billy Shakes. They know what they're doing. Basically the same. Uh, if the comic had made fun of Star Wars, it would have just been annoying to fans like me. Instead, it shows the lighter side of what's already there and lets fans feel like they're in on the joke. Lighter side of the dark side. Ooh. What? Ooh. Eat it, Tucker. Uh, and he sorry. says, and the, so art, sorry. <laughs> and the art by Lucas Marignon is perfect. I've liked his work since the original R.I.P.D. miniseries. I think that is a uh, indie book. Oh. That, that uh, maybe is the one that got in, uh, got made into a movie. 
Oh, cool. So good for them. Yeah. Finally, Tim Keese. Oh, my God. Tag and Bink are hilarious. I'm almost as big a fan as the intern. That's you, Tucker. <laughs> yeah. You got to mention a shout out. the intern. And I, never knew, and I never knew about these. The art is perfect. The timing. Imperial. I can see a friend and I being those two. Oh, that's cool. Still have the next two to read. I can't wait to see what happen, What comedy awaits. I love that. that. That's just like my favorite yeah. two comments. Yeah. We keep the success rate up, and we're going to run out of letters. Best line <laughs> ever. I love the cameo on the last page of Tag and Bink 2, number one, at the party on Endor. Now for book two. Book two was just as bad as the movie. Some funny lines and good art, but the story was iffy. A letdown after the first three. Aww. That's a sad comment to end on. Yeah. But that's the final comment we Bummer. have. I, I loved it. Yeah, it I was a lot of fun. fun time it, was, it was nice revisiting this. Yeah. All right, for our next Twim URC. Dun, dun, dun. Next week, we've got a book starring Amadeus Cho as the Totally Awesome Hulk. We've also got a new Hercules book out. What better time than now to revisit the first few issues of The Incredible Hercules? Wow. So we're going to be pulling five or six issues of that, and we will get back to that. Maybe not in two weeks, because it's the holiday season, and our schedule might get a little Uh, erratic, but... We shall see. I don't know. I've got. I'm traveling next week, so yep. we're going to record early next week. Yeah. Uh, whatever. We'll figure it out. Whatever. At some point, read Incredible Hercules. You guys will thank us. It's a lot of fun. Uh, keep them. Keep them out there trying to fun books. Fun. Trying to counteract the the nastiness of the world with good old fashioned comic book fun. Amen. This is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>